Segue cantando 
Just wandering by Where do they go? Oh, I don't know Don't know Wind that speaks to the leaves Telling stories that no one believes Stories of love Belong to you If I only had words, I would say all the beautiful things that I see when you're with me. Oh, my Gigi. Like the song of the wind in the trees That's how my heart is singing Gigi Happy Gigi When you're with me Oh, 
I love you more each day. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I'd let you go away if you take Quiet chords from my guitar, floating on the silence that surrounds us. Quiet thoughts and quiet dreams. Quiet walks by quiet streams, and the window looking on the mountains and the sea. This is where I want to be. Here with you, so close to me, until the final flicker of life's anger. I who was lost and lonely, believing life was. 
was only a bitter, tragic joke. Have fun with you. The meaning of existence, oh my Beautiful arrangements of a Klaus Orgman all through this album Terra Brasilians, a Warner Brothers 1980, produced by Aloysio Oliveira, of course, Klaus Orgman, in all the tracks, and Urubu also was a Klaus Orgman. Quiet Nights of Quiet Stars, the words in English by Gene Lees, one of the favorite translators of the Portuguese words on the song. Jin Jin before that. This is a Ray Gilbert uh, words in, uh, in English. One Note Samba, Antonio Carlos Jobim from Terra Brasil, is born abroad in 1980. Olha Maria, Canta Mais, and uh, Dreamer at the top of uh, the hour. All the songs from uh, Terra Brasilis. We are setting up uh, an interview with uh, Arnaldo de Solteiro, so I'm going to play track from also a Warner Brothers album called uh, Love, Strings and Jobim, the eloquence of Antonio Carlos Jobim. This is a very funny album produced by Ray Gilbert and uh, uh, Luis Oliveira, uh, Luis Oliveira. For, and they release a Warner Brothers. But I'm going to talk with uh, Arnaldo that he knows about uh, uh, this album. So I'm going to play a track and then we go to an interview with Arnaldo de Solteiro from São Paulo.
Alô? Alô? Eu sou solteiro. Arnaldo, tá me escutando? Tá me ouvindo? Hello? Agora sim. Ok. Uh-huh. Arnaldo de Solteiro, directly from São Paulo, here to the Antônio Carlos Jobim Birthday Broadcast. Welcome, Arnaldo. Bem-vindo ao, ao Antônio Carlos Jobim Festival aqui na WKCR 89.9 FM, New York. Oh, Jason, thanks so much for the invitation. It's fantastic. I'm I'm listening to the program for hours since I I woke up and I'm deeply moved because I think that's in Brazil I don't know of any radio station doing any kind of celebration to Antonio Carlos Jobim. So that's the first part that is very important that you are doing and, and WKCR is doing this this tribute to the great maestro. For me it's uh, Fantastic to listen to it and to have you as a host. Uh, you are my one. Of, you are my my main idol in the region. <laughs> That's the point, man. Uh, I, I reconnected with my love for Brazilian pop music through listening to listening to your programs on every Wednesday night. I stop anything that I'm doing in any part of the world to listen to to your radio show because it's great you know that your 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 swing you you are the 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 dj with a swing you know that's very interesting because the way you can you connect all the styles and all the songs and all the different genres of popular brazilian music and you you are a master chef man that's it so Thank thanks a lot for the invitation i'm i'm very grateful and, and very honored to, to be here so uh You know, uh, t- uh, to me, uh, the way I, I introduce uh, Arnaldo is people who knows WKCR, and of course, uh, it is no all over the U.S., all over the world. The name of Phil Shop was uh, here with us at WKCR for many, many years. And uh, I told you, and I tell the people, I, I saw, I was the lucky one to be sitting here and see Uh, Phil Sharp work with uh, uh, Billy Taylor, and they both mm-hmm. talk with no papers at all. They have no computer, no laptop, nothing. They talk for hours, and this was a Louis Armstrong birthday, and I couldn't believe the way they were precise, knew about uh, mm-hmm. the setup of the studio, where the people were, the microphones, and the, what take went to the... Uh, to the final recording with the final LP. And uh, I think you were just the same, man. You are a historian. Oh. And I really appreciate uh, talking to you. And now I have the opportunity to put you uh, at WKCR on the air. So uh, let's start with uh, uh, this uh, song that I play. And, uh, and this is part of uh, the box set released by Warner Brothers. And this album is called mm-hmm. Love, Strings, and Jobin. Talk about that because it really, you know, so many things in my hands and I forgot and you told me. Tell the people about it. Oh, of course. Uh, but also I want, I want to say that it's a big compliment that you mentioned Phil and Billy Taylor because they are really two, two masters. And I never met Phil in person, but I had the chance to meet many times with Billy Taylor when when we were both 
part of the International Association of Jazz Educators, and you use it to do lectures and master classes in all over the, the USA for, for many, many years. And Billy was a tremendous uh, researcher and historian, and fantastic man. I'm also here with no laptops and no papers, <laughs> no everything, because I'm working in Sao Paulo and I'm in just in a hotel and I just need, said to the producers of the album I'm doing, oh, I need to, to have a, a, an afternoon free just to to talk about Jobin and talk with ja, my friend Jasvan. Uh, this album that you mentioned, Love Strings and Jobin, it's, uh, I think, one of the most peculiar stories that one album could have because Jobin doesn't play a single note on his, this album. Uh, the project started actually in Brazil uh, by Aloysio de Oliveira for the Elenco label. Uh, they, he decided to do an album called Tom Jobim Apresenta. That means Tom Jobim Introduces. That was the original title of the album released in Brazil. And they had a small picture of Jobim on the back cover and uh, a design in the, in the front cover. And it was the, the, the idea of Aloysio to introduce new Brazilian composers uh, like Diodato and Menescal and Marcos Valle, like the second generation of Bossa Nova, to American listeners. He was planning to uh, distribute this album through Warner Brothers because he he had a deal with, with Warner to release some albums that had, he had produced for Elenco in Brazil. At the same time, Jobim, that was still under contract with Warner Brothers, needed to, to record a third album in, at that time for Warner. And he had no material and he had no desire to record at that time. So Ray Gilbert who was the, the, the partner of uh, Aloysio in, in USA for those marketing strategies and everything, decided to use that album that had been recorded in Brazil without Jobim, with arrangements by two dear friends of mine, Gaia and Diodato, and released this album in the USA as a Jobim album. And it's interesting because no book, no biography about Jobim, no biography <laughs> about anyone mentions uh, that was how the, the album was released with, with this title, Love, Strings, and Jobim. And the original Brazilian release, they mentioned the, the, some of the soloists or some of the guest musicians on the album like Oscar Castro Neves, who, who plays guitar, Diodato, who plays piano, and Maurício Einhorn on, on bass, Edson Machado on drums, and Sérgio Barroso on bass. Sérgio Barroso on bass, and Maurício Einhorn on harmonica, and Edson Machado on drums. But when the album was released in the USA, they took out the name of the, of the musicians, and uh, liner notes appeared, uh, and they like written by Stan Corning saying that Jobim was the pianist and the acoustic guitarist on the album. So that was the beginning of a big, big mess that uh, 
happens until today because many people still think that this is a Jobim album and he had no connection with this this album at all. <laughs> Myself too. I looked at the cover and said, oh, Jobim is the cover of the album. Well, yeah. anyway. Yeah. That's, and uh, it's <laughs> interesting because at, at, at the time of, he has two songs. Luis Oliveira had selected two Jobim songs on this album that were the Hurry Up and the that you that you played, Eu Preciso de Você in Portuguese, and Samba, and Samba Torto also called Pardon My English. Uh, both had lyrics by Ray Gilbert. And actually, it's interesting because Ray Gilbert was credited in all songs as one of the composers. <laughs> and of course, he got royalties for this. <laughs> and this is an instrumental album. Oh, I mean, that no, there's no lyrics at all <laughs> on the album. But the idea for him worked perfectly because he delivered an album for Warner Brothers. He got a commission for, for this. Mm. And he received royalties for the sales and radio and, and everything as a... And a composer. When the album was re originally released in Brazil in '66, there was no big problem because th that was okay. And the uh, American release didn't arrive in Brazil except as an import. But in '75, the album was reissued in the USA, and then it was reissued in Brazil, re-released in Brazil by Continental label, Continental Discos. And with a big marketing campaign. So the album was on the stores everywhere. So that was when the radios in Brazil started to play the album like if it was Antonio Carlos Jobim. And I remember Gaia, the great maestro that was musical director at EMI Odeon at that time, having to give phone calls to the radio stations to say, listen, this is not a Jobim album. This is my arrangement. I recorded the whole album, and in some tracks we have Diodato on, on, on piano. In some tracks, because in some of the tracks there are no, no piano at all, you know. And that was the beginning of the big confusion that hap still uh, uh, it happens né, for many people. So let's get into now uh, the... the trilogy of uh, CTI records there was a uh, wave tide and stone flower mm -hmm. so, wonderful album yeah. wonderful man it, I always uh, <laughs> wave or tide which one I like the best you know I put this to the listeners too one time it is mm -hmm. a big thing that some people are attached to, to more wave, some people are more attached to the mm -hmm. Omir Deodato arrangements and then the Klaus Orgman arrangements. Mm -hmm. That's uh, uh, beautiful. But let's talk about first, because uh, Tide in uh, Stone Flowers or remasters and uh, was remastered in the, I guess, uh, Wave 2, because uh, Rod Van Gelder did all this uh, remaster, right? Yeah, well, the first time that Wave was reissued on CD, it was uh, remastered by Rudy Van Gelder himself. Uh, John Snyder was producing those reissue series at that time for A&M, and then he, he went to Van Gelder and remastered everything. Wave is interesting for me, for my personal taste, 
it was never my favorite Robin album because I think it's an, an easygoing album. Some some people even say that is is easy listening, you know. But the fact is, one do you believe that's one of the albums that I listen more often because it's so pleasant, it's so enjoyable, and it's it's so joyful. I know the melodies. It's not intellectually uh, so sophisticated like Urubu and Machita Pere and even Stoneflower, but the me- melodies on Wave and the way it was recorded and with a small orchestra, and it's not so opulent like Urubu and that has a Klaus employer, the big orchestra. But it's very, very light atmospheres, and I love the songs like uh, Batidinha and Mojave and Captain Barker G, you know, and the way that Brazilian drummers play on this album is also beautiful. Claudio Slon and Don Romão, they're two great Brazilian drummers, but they play very soft, very subtle, you know. And Jobim recorded all the, the, the basic tracks together with the orchestra playing acoustic guitar and then he overdubbed piano later on you know he, he, you listen we listen to been playing piano and acoustic guitar but all the basic tracks were recorded only on acoustic guitar and that's another thing i would like to point out i think that after joan berto jobin was the best bossa nova guitar player ever, you know, at the, in the style of João Gilberto. Of course, we have Laurindo Almeida and Luis Bonfá that are some wonderful guitarists and virtuosos that I love. But the guy who, who played that beat fantastically, Jobim was incredible playing acoustic guitar in a bossa nova beat. Fantastic. So uh, should we turn the people on first on Tide or Wave? What do you think? Wave. 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 <laughs> Wave, right. So uh, yeah, let's just track it at track number one. Talk a little bit about. Uh, I never, you know, I always dream about going to a uh, Rud van Gelder studio. Oh, Rudy is, is unbelievable. Now you know the, his craft and his his uh, professional professionalism and the way he was a perfectionist even in the recording. It's interesting because. Uh, he he and he liked it to record as much as live possible in a live atmosphere, you know, to reunite the musicians. Of course, sometimes in the late seventies, he had to overdub strings and everything. And but in the way that he placed mics, the microphones, that's why everything recorded at Van Gelder sounds better than everything else recorded in any other studio in the USA was fantastic and when Creed Taylor started to record with him he booked Van Gelder for the whole day no matter if he had a recording or not on an album and Van Gelder was there and of course he developed an affinity with uh, Brazilian musicians you know he loved Jobim and he loved Diodato I remember that he always asked about João Palma also the drummer because he loved João Palma uh uh, playing style and everything. Van Gelder is a genius. He was very important for these albums that you mentioned, Wave, Tide, and Stone Flower, this trilogy. He, uh, Van Gelder, should have his name in the front cover of the album because it, 
is fantastic. And Wave uh, was released by AEM uh, at that time. Uh... Creed, Taylor, Creed Taylor had just re- uh, started his own company that his, because he had worked with Jobim, uh, as you know, at, at Verve, when he was musical director at Verve, and he was uh, responsible for the great uh, popular success of Bossa Nova. He made Bossa Nova popular in the United States when released Get Gilberto and when he signed uh, João Gilberto, Antonio Carlos Jobim and Luis Bonfa in 62, in the end of 62, just after the Bossa Nova concert at Carnegie Hall. Yeah, and I call him the, course, the man he, who packaged Bossa Nova. <laughs> he did the package perfect. just right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He, he, he knew that he needed to make it sound uh, jazzier than the Brazilian recordings that existed at that time. That was why he paired Jobim with Stangettes, and he paired uh, uh, Luis Bonfá with uh, Lalo Schifrin at that time for Bonfá's first album for Verve, and many other things, and the idea to record with English lyrics, and the way he introduced Jobim Klaus Zogerman, <laughs> so that was essential for Jobim's career. That that meeting was historical, and it happened because it was Creed Taylor's idea to Klaus Zogerman doing the arrangements for for Jobim. It was so important that Jobim, after that album, decided to stop <laughs> doing arrangements because he he knew that Klaus was a master. Was he was a monster, you know. And Creed Taylor in this in, was starting CTI in '67, and then he decided to sign Jobim for the label, and the label was distributed by A&M. It was a partnership. It was a, it was like Herb Albert and Jerry Moss would pay for the albums and would pay Creed Taylor a certain amount per year to produce and deliver uh, a certain amount of uh, albums. That's how. Uh, wave was was born. All right, uh, let's uh, put it on wave uh, track number one, Antonio Carlos mm-hmm. Jobim. Thank you. 
We are talking uh, directly from Sao Paulo, Brazil. You should be in Ipanema, Arnaldo. <laughs> Sao Paulo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Sao Paulo uh-huh. is where the business are, right? <laughs> the Ipanema, exactly. you have your shop in uh, sitting by, <laughs> watch girls by, go by. Uh, São Paulo is the Ipanema of the business. Ipanema of the business. But anyway, uh, we listen to a wave. But uh, let's uh, uh, get into this uh, talking about... Uh, uh, don't get out about the trilogy, but uh, talk a little bit about your experience uh, uh, with Jobim. Oh, man, it, it was a privilege because... I met him for the first time, briefly, in, soon after the release of Terra Brasilis, that is the album that you already played, that was recorded in 79, and was the last time he collaborated with Klaus Ogerman, because soon after, Klaus decided to give a break from popular music and decided to focus only on his classical side you know, as a composer and producer and everything. And then re- he returned only in 2021, 2001, with Diana Crow. Uh, but I, I had written, uh, I was still, I think, six, 15 or, uh, years old or something like that. And then I wrote a review about uh, Machita Pere and also other Brazilian albums and Terra Brasilis in newspaper. And then I wanted to to show it to Jobim, and I remembered that Jobim's name was on the phone list. How how do you say in English? The uh, catalogo telefonico, entendeu? On telephone the, book. Huh? On the book. Mm-hmm. Telephone book, yes. And you could find the names of everybody, Jobim, Bonfá, on the telephone book. And then I gave Jobim a call, and I said, oh, I want to, would like to, to give you a to show you the review that I wrote. And he said, oh, come, come here. <laughs> it was incredible. He lived at the time at the Rua Peri in Jardim Botanico, Botanic Garden area in, in, in Rio. And then some, some years later, I was, once again, I was reintroduced to Jobim by the great Brazilian acoustic guitarist, Carlos Barbosa Lima, who lived in New York for many, many years and died one year ago. And Barbosa Lima was at the time working with Jobim on an album for Concord Records called The Music of Antonio Carlos Jobim and George Shearing. And Jobim at the time was helping him with arrangements and with the descriptions of the works for guitar and everything. and in, you can find on YouTube some fantastic videos of Jobim and Barbosa Lima together, and Jobim completely astonished with the way that Barbosa Lima, for example, could play Stoneflower as a solo guitar piece and almost reproducing all the details that were played by the original orchestration and everything. And then I remember that at the time, nobody wanted to release that album in Brazil. Once again, the same story. And then Jobim uh, did one a very private uh, release party of of the album 
in a place in Leblon in Rio. And, uh, it was a, a company that had nothing to do with music and everything, but at least they, they rented the space for him and Barbosa Lima. And then we met. And during the 80s, uh, Barbosa Lima used to come to Brazil on holidays, and always he stayed in my house in, in Rio. And, and Jobim and Paulo Jobim used to visit him a lot to work on, on pieces and also to drink because Barbosa Lima loved the scotch and used to bring bottles of scotch to give us to, to Paulo and to Antonio and to me and everything. So it was incredible because they were in my house to meet Barbosa Lima, and of course we had the chance to talk about many, many things. And I always asked him about the CTI albums because I loved Stone Flower. It was my favorite Robin album at the time. And he took, we, we talked a lot, you know, things that couldn't be published at the time. I was already a journalist and writing for papers, but Jobim knew that I, I, I never would be, uh, I had to be very discreet, you know, about not publishing everything that was we talked about, you know, because I remember that saying, Jobim, you don't, you don't talk too much about Sunflower. And he said to me, man, I can't talk do- not even about Sinatra because they say that that, that I'm Americanized. <laughs> I cannot talk about jazz musicians in, in public. I cannot talk about jazz because there was a very strange feeling about these things in Brazil at that time. You know, you, you had to be, to be very pure. You had to be pure samba and everything. And we developed a, a partnership. In some, we did some projects together. In 92, I was honored by being invited by João Gilberto to do the screenplay for a big TV special, uh, TV broadcast of his last concert with Jobim. And João Gilberto wanted me to to write the screenplay and do the mixing and coordinate all the, the TV broadcasts. It's called João and Antonio for Global TV Network. And Jobim, of course, agreed. And we had a, a more personal connection at that time. It was in 92. And then in September 94, I invited him to perform on an album I was doing for Brazilian singer Itamara Codex. And Itamara was already, he, he, she knew Jobim already because she had been girlfriend of Sebastião Neto, the great bass player. She had been at Jobim House for some rehearsals of the Banda Nova. And then she had recorded some Jobim songs on her first album. And then she, she, she said to me that she wanted to do an album for the international market. Okay, yes, I said, okay, but let's invite the best musicians in the world. So I invited Jobim and I invited Luis Bonfá, Ron Carter, and Sadao Watanabe and everybody. And then we did a fantastic track. That was the last time that Jobim was in a studio playing one of his songs and it was for this album for Itamar, unfortunately, because we did actually three songs that night. And he said, no, the, the, this one is perfect. It's perfect. Call it, uh, all that's left is to say goodbye. 
And then when I come back from New York, we, we record more. But he never returned, unfortunately, because he died in, in December 1994. I, I have this song set up. Uh, I will play later with uh, Itamar Corax at the beginning of uh, uh, the next set. But uh, uh, let's, uh, mm -hmm. let's turn the people on now on, in Stoneflower. Or no, let's go to Tide because it's always together, yeah. Tide and Wave. Yeah. Actually, uh, Tide and Stoneflower were recorded during the same sessions. It was a long period between March and May of uh, of that year, uh, 1970. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, 1970. Sorry, and because the album, the the film, the movie, the adventure was being released in the USA in March <laughs> of oh, wow. that year. Yeah, and most of the songs, uh, a lot of the songs on both albums came from the soundtrack of The Adventures. And the album is not famous, the, the soundtrack, you know, but Tide and Stoneflower. And Jobim, when, when he listened to the original soundtrack, and, he, and Creed Taylor listened to the soundtrack, he said that he wanted to record that songs, but with a jazzy, you know, with a jazzy touch on them. And Diodato, who had scored the soundtrack, also was invited to do the arrangements for Tide and Stoneflower. So it was like in the same way, you know, people, they re recorded the, the soundtrack in the end of 69 in London, and then next year, in March, they were in New York, in New Jersey, with Rudy Van Gelder, at Rudy's Van Gelder studio to record both albums. And then Creed Taylor had to, to deliver one album for A&M because he, he, Jobim was, still had to, to do a second album for A&M. So, so they, he selected some songs and the album became tight and he saved some songs for Stoneflower because CTI was be, start, starting to uh, he was uh, ending the partnership with A&M and the CTI became a completely independent label and actually Deodato told me that Creed did the, the album using the same money <laughs> that he had saved for, for he received from A&M he did two albums with the same budget that he had received you know I told you I, I rented I finally found the on uh, Amazon Prime, and I rented uh, The Adventures, and I have a beautiful mm -hmm. new copy. Like, and I thought this it was not that bad, you know. People put it down, but uh, because of Howard Robbins uh, wrote the book, you know, I told you about. But the movie, you yeah, know, have some, uh, TV, but it's it yeah. is a big production. It's, it's not that bad, man. It's, it's enjoyable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the song yeah, it, was, it was a very it was a very high budget uh, movie, and uh, Louis Gilbert, who was the English director, right. was a great uh, mm -hmm. film director. But I know I don't know what problem he had with Paramount Pictures because he he was the one that him, him, he himself uh, put the album the movie down. You know, he said that was one of the worst movies he had ever done and things like that because 
he had done a movie called Alfie that was a big success and later he did many albums for James Bond you know mm-hmm. uh, and everything but the soundtrack if the album is fantastic it's fantastic it's yeah. the arrangements yeah. that and it was the connection it's impressive because you see Diodato was 27 years old at the time it's impossible unless you are a genius to do that kind of that level of of orchestration you know the sophistication and the nuances and everything <laughs> how he manages to create a masterpiece at 27 and Jobim was fascinated they had worked before on the on a movie called girlfriend from Ipanema, <laughs> that f- few people outside Brazil know that this movie exists, you know, but it was the first time they did really work together, and Jobim was already very impressed with Diodato. But then when they worked with the adventurers, wow, man, this, what a stunning collaboration, and because the Diodato the com- completed the score, he wrote some additional songs for the, for the movie, but all those children games and Paro, Caribe, all all those tunes that we have on Stoneflower and Tide, they came from from the soundtrack. But I, I, you know that I have here also. You, uh, Deodato, did the Jobim album Inutil Paisagem in 1964, and you did the, you released oh, yeah. the album. You yeah, I was. I did the first official uh, because the album had been re- released uh, very badly with uh, copy copied from a vinyl search with a lot of scratches and everything, and then Diodato started a lawsuit against the label, and in '88 we were allowed to reshoot the album on CD properly, and I co-produced the. Re- show with Deodato and he went to Brazil and we were in, at Vison Studios in Rio and we mastered the album from the original master tapes but it was an album that Deodato did off Jobim songs the only thing that Jobim did on the album was to write the the, the liner notes no? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and he talk about... Uh, but Deod- it's a beautiful Deod- album. Yeah, Deodato at 20, yeah, 22 yeah. years the, the, old. Deodato, it's exactly, it's imp- impressive that someone at 22 was writing like that and very influenced by Gil Evans at, at that time. So, like they say, today we're going to play a lot of Gil from Ipanema, but let's start with Tide, the track number one, the Gil from oh. Ipanema. Because mm. nobody in the girlfriend Panema is unbelievable. You know the uh, I remember that my first time in Paris too. I I was uh, the center Georges Pompidou. You know they have a, and then I walked uh-huh. to Montmartre, and I sit in a cafe, and I ask for a drink, and I had somebody playing a guitar, and they start to play the girlfriend Panema. <laughs> unbelievable, yes. Mm. Everywhere yeah. you go, and it's like Bob Dylan. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And when and Jobim was so fascinated by this arrangement that Diodato wrote for Tide that, that until the end of his life he played this arrangement. 
in all those albums and tributes. And every time he played on, on his concerts and tours, he used the same structure of the Deodato arrangement and everything. And on this original recording, we have uh, Jerry Dodgeon playing the alto sax, lead alto sax. And the drummer on that album that was not credited on the on the liner notes of Tide was is João Palma once again. So João Palma and Ron Carter, it was the best combination ever of drums and bass playing bossa nova. In, impressive. We are talking with Arnaldo de Solteiro, and now we're going to play the girl from Ipanema from Tide. Thank you. 
You are in tune with WKCR-FM New York, WKCR 89.9 on your dial. This is the Antonio Carlos Jobim birthday broadcast. And we are on the line with uh, Arnaldo de Soltero. Arnaldo. Hello, Arnaldo. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm listening. Man, I was, uh, I was listening once again. And this arrangement, definitely, it is one of the best, you know, this Del Dato arrangement, yeah. right? Yes. And it's difficult because you have the, the, you have the nerve to, to write a new uh, arrangement at all for a song that was already a classic, that was made a classic by, on the album Get Gilberto, and then by the recording of Sinatra with Jobim, with the beautiful arrangement by Klaus Ogerman. And Deodato had the courage to, to to prepare something completely different, and Jobim loved it. <laughs> you know, yeah. they had a ball on on during this this session. Man, I I we wanted to be a, a fly on the studio <laughs> at oh. the time to to see everything that happened there. You know, because Creed and Rudy Van Gelder told me they it was fantastic. It was like three months of joy and happiness and party and Jobim experiencing with, with Fender Rhodes for the first time. You know, there's, there's, there's a story that they say that Jobim played Fender Rhodes because uh, he had a problem with the acoustic piano that's the studio. It's, it doesn't, it's, it's a lie. Mm -hmm. It's not real at, at all, you know. He wanted to, ex to experiment. Uh, even if you you see Urubu in '75 that you played the songs like Lija and Obot and everything, Jobim played Fender Rhodes. No, no, no. I'm sorry, but that after is... he returned to. Oh, uh, uh, what about uh, this uh, new uh, documentary, man? I, I really freaked me out too because uh, Jobim has this discussion with uh, Cesar Camargo Mariano about. Uh, Uh, the Fender Road, the, mm -hmm. he didn't like uh, the, there was going to be a Fender Road on the record of uh, Elise and Tom, you know? Oh, yeah, you see, it doesn't make sense at all mm -hmm. because he continued to play Fender Roads until 75 right. <laughs> on the other album. Mm -hmm. uh, and, the, the, and there's a problem on the movie that they say that Oh, Jobim had already played uh, used electric guitar on Stoneflower and Tide. It, it's not true, you know. They, he played acoustic guitar, but the problem is that on the cover you see guitar. Guitar means sometimes acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they, they did a confusion with this, this, this thing, you know. And the songs, once again, if you could play things like, for example, Shoe uh, Ann is a song that few people know that is with the name of one of the characters of the movie, The, the, the Adventurers. It's a beautiful song. Uh, Caribe also, yeah, yes. it's a song that was originally titled Dex and Amparo on the, on the soundtrack. And many others, you know, many, mm -hmm. many songs from Tide came from The Adventurers. And the Stone Flower also, right? Children's Game. And Stone. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, shield and a lot of people don't know because the name of the song was Children Games, because Jobim had to write a song that was for a movie scene that had the two children <laughs> playing on the on on on, on a garden. <laughs> that if you see the movie, everything makes sense, you know, because then you listen for the first time Children Games because you have two children playing in a garden with flowers and everything it's it's perfect and amparo amparo is because that was the name was also of one of the main characters on 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 the movie so he wrote a song for that female a song for that female actress there was on the on the movie and and so on and the track also from sunflower called god and the devil in the land of the sun the original title in the soundtrack is Bitter Victory because it's from a scene of a big war battle mm-hmm. <laughs> on, on the movie. Yeah, man. So uh, let's uh, get into Stoneflower. And uh, before mm-hmm. Stoneflower, I want to talk to you also about uh, you know the record that made everything come together. There was the Get Gilberto. Mm-hmm. The Get Gilberto, mm-hmm. the recording engineer, was uh, Phil Ramon. And, uh, exactly. You had yeah. some stories about the studio time. You could see, you know, it's so many folk stories about uh, Studio mm-hmm. Berto and this and that. that it's very difficult to get to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. So you, you talk about uh, Phil Ramon. You know anything about uh, how was the studio... Recordings yeah, of yeah, Gets Gilberto. Yes. yes, actually, in the next uh, March five, I'll I'll be doing a, a masterclass about uh, Gets Gilberto, sixty years of Gets Gilberto here in São Paulo. I'll be back here for Sesc. Sesc is a big institution in São Paulo, very 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 important, and. Uh, of course, I, I, I talked a lot with Jobim and with João Gilberto, with whom I worked also for for 20 years, off and on, in, in many situations, and doing screenplay for, for concerts and for TV broadcasts and producing records with him and everything. And the, the what I know about The Girl from Ifanema is that the, it was Creed Taylor's idea to to use the English lyrics that had just been written by by Norman Gimbel for, for the song. Uh, Jobim had already recorded the song with uh, with Jobim from, for a demo tape, but just instrumental. And then later he recorded for the album the composer of the Zafinado plays, but just as, as instrumental. And then he forget Gilberto, he decided to use the English lyrics. João Gilberto always told me that was his idea to have Astro Gilberto singing on Corcovado, Quiet Nights, and on The Girl from Ipanema. And Astro Gilberto always told me that was uh, João also, and also heard that João had prepared her to come as a surprise. João Gilberto was a kid, man. He was a childlike, always childlike person, and he wanted to have funny, fun, and 
he was a very funny person uh, in, in the intimate setting he was very funny and uh, all the time trying to create an unexpected situations and everything and of course when Stan Getz listened and at the studio to Astrude, the sound of a voice he agreed to to record and everything and Creed Taylor also you no know, I, I worked with Creed Taylor <laughs> so I know how he acted and he he seems he told me he was very surprised that Astrud Gilberto was able to sing in English but the fact was that since she was not famous she had never recorded before uh, the first time the first thing that Creed Taylor thought about was to save Girl from Ipanema to be recorded by another singer. For, for Phil Ramon says that it was Sarah Vaughan that was supposed to record the Girl from Ipanema. Not on the Get Gilberto album, but separately, you know, as a single, because Sarah Vaughan already had a big name, was a jazz star and everything. But the fact was that Creed Taylor had the perfect timing to release the album. He kept the album for unreleased for almost one year, and then when he released it, it was the perfect time and everything. And Phil Ramon was very important for the atmosphere of the album because the the way the album was recorded and he placed it, he used uh, eight or nine mics, microphones at all, not nothing else, and recorded directly to a three tape, three track tape machine and they he, the, the guys in the studio were like in a nightclub he wanted to give that intimate atmosphere during the recording and of course sometimes João Gilberto had uh, some problems with Stanget sound and everything but they remained friends for for over 20 years, you know. It's, <laughs> the João Gilberto lived in Stanguet's house for one year with Bebel and Miush and everybody. And so we, they remained friends at least until 76, 77 and everything. They had a long relationship as a friend. They had a long friendship. And they released the album 10 years after and with CBS. Uh, exactly, the and then they, they yeah, the, the famous I call it the, the best of two worlds. Yes, and then they they did a tour <laughs> in the USA. They played many places. They played at Newport Jazz Festival. They did an engagement at Keystone Corner in San Francisco that was released yeah, <laughs> recently. Yeah. I think I think ten years ago, maybe on on CD. So. You know, if you hate somebody, you you not keep friends. You will not <laughs> be friends with someone that you hate for over 10, 20 years. But this one was already with Miusha, right? Already Miusha, yeah. yes. The 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 studio album, not the tour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Miusha didn't oh. took time of of the tour, but mm. on the studio album it was with Miusha and Sonny Carr and. Steve Swallow on the bass, great bass player. Oh, Sonny Carr, have a, a funny story because uh, I think Augusto, you know, my partner, he interviewed. Oh, uh, he interviewed the producers of the White Album. You know, you know the story oh. with the White Album. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and it was recorded here in, in Uptown, New York, you know, in the Riverside. Mm -hmm. was, uh, mm -hmm. Rachel. Yeah, Rachel. Yes, yeah, that's it, yeah. Rachel. Yeah, he interviewed Rachel. We have the interview. Uh, and uh, some car, uh, it, it, I think he did the, on uh, uh, the drums, like the brushes. He did, uh, mm -hmm. was not like a Juquinha did on a, what he did in a telephone book, right? They talk about that. That he did the brushes on, on the Canção de Amor de Mais. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Sonny Carr did was, the same did thing. You? I think he found yeah. something uh, like a basket on the bathroom, and uh, João said, "Do it with this," and he did it. You know, and then, exactly. It was a thread, some, some something that John had the kitchen, and then João said, "Oh." Uh, bring it to the studio <laughs> and let play it on the studio. Yeah. And the sound engineer was uh, Walter. Walter. Wendy Carlos. Uh, Wendy yes. Carlos. Wendy Carlos. Yes. 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 Unbelievable, man. The White mm. Album, too. It has so many <laughs> little folk stories about the White yeah. Album. Uh, but most of them are true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's. Uh, should we play a children's game? Oh, oh perfect! I love you, this song. You love children's yes. game. Okay, and... well, we we do a children's game. There is. Yeah. Uh, this is from Stone Flower, and uh, the arrangements of Stone Flower is by Deodato Tuno. Yes, originally recorded by Jobim for the Adventure soundtrack. And Jobim in, is listening, uh, he, he plays piano and whistles at the same time. He was a, a great whistler. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. It's a beautiful effect, at, 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 uh, actually, because uh, Paulo Jobim, his son, used to work at the Jobim Institute at the Botanic Garden in Rio. Uh, and until the pandemic started, I used to visit him there a lot. And Paulo used always to ask me about the recordings of Jobim's albums in the USA. And I said, Paulo, you were never there because sometimes your father recorded your songs. You have songs recorded by your father on these albums. And he said, unfortunately, I never came, I never went to the USA to with my father. So I don't know, I, I know very few stories about those albums. So he used to ask me a lot about how were the things with Klaus Augerman and with Deodato and, and everything. And he, for many years he thought that Deodato had used the piccolo on this arrangement <laughs> or that it was a reverb sound that Van Gelder had used. I said, no, man, it's just your father whistling <laughs> with the acoustic piano in unison. Just, just it. Beautiful. Yes, uh, all tracks from Stony Flowers 1972, Sony Music. Sony, uh, yeah. this is what uh, Creed Taylor sold uh, the whole catalog to Sony. Uh, actually, the, the catalog was confiscated, you know, because Creed <laughs> had a big had a big debt. Yes, he had signed a distribution a distribution deal with Sony in '79, and he got a, a big adv advance, and he was not able to. To give them the albums that he, he, he could have.
It's 60 minutes past the hour of 2 p.m. and you are in the right place. WKCR-FM in New York, WKCR-HD, 89.9 on your dial. I'm Jason de Lima and this is the Antonio Carlos Jobim birthday broadcast, 24 hours until midnight. We have many attractions coming, but right now we are talking to Arnaldo de Soltero. And we listen to uh, Batidinha in Look to the Sky. Two tracks from Antonio Carlos Jobim, Wave, album, a CTI release. But Arnaldo, let's talk uh, more about uh, the life of uh, music in Rio de Janeiro. What's happened right now? Oh man, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just, just wanted to, to make a comment about these two tracks. You see, the great trombone player Ubi Green, what a velvety sound, you know. And and Jobin, two things I would like to point out. Jobin, the ability that he had to choose the best drummers. He always had the best Brazilian drummers on his albums. The first album, the, the composer of Desafinado plays, he had Edson Machado on drums. Then on the Warner Brothers uh, albums from the 60s, Don Romão. On Wave, Don and Claudio Sloan. On Tide, Stone Flower, and Urubu and Matita Pereira, João Palma. He's in, he, he was very smart in all aspects of his career and also in his ability to choose the best musicians and the best drummers. It's incredible. And by the way, when you asked me about my label, Jazz Station Records, one of the mo some of the most successful releases that I have, that I had, were the albums I did with Don Romão. I don't know if you if you met Don probably. Of course, in, yeah, yeah. In I, person, I went to yeah. his uh, little apartment on uh, on uh, New Jersey. He New had a Jersey, little apartment yeah. at that time. Then, yeah. And he had a studio, famous studio, know, Black Ho Beans. Ho Hoboken. Studio. In Hoboken. Hoboken, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 And it was fantastic. I, yeah, I, I did. I signed him for, from, for my label in 97, and we did three albums, Rhythm Traveler, Lake of Perseverance, and New Jazz Meets Brazil. I worked with him. From for his the, the last eight years of his life, we did many concerts. We toured all over the world, and he played in other albums that I produced at the time. An album by Brazilian pianist Paula Faur. I reunited him with Paula, Paula, uh, Don Romão, and Manuel Guzmão. And that album, the pianist we wanted for this album was Don Salvador. <laughs> Wow. Don Salvador was in my house at that time with Don and everything, but he had to return to to his job at the River Cafe, and and then we did the album with with. But Don Dream, Don's Dream was to record the Copa Trio, an, an album by the Copa Trio with Don Salvador and and Guzmão. Wow! And and also yeah, that's so much that was, yeah, Copa Trio was was. Uh, oh no, was with Don, Don Romão. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, 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 but the, and they never recorded the full album. They right. recorded right. very 
just as sidemen and one track that I released on trip to Brazil, meu, meu fraco é Café Forte. And then with the Rio 65 trio, then came Edson Machado because Don had already traveled to to move it to New York. Yeah? Yeah. And but but Jobim, I the the lineup of these albums of that he recorded in the United States are are awesome. I think outstanding musicians and Harry Lukowski was always the concert master. Great violin player, you know, fantastic player. Well, we are I, getting, I, I, yeah, we we have a nine minutes left, man. It was such a great time, but we we gotta set up a couple more tracks. The you have the right to pick right now, man. You're doing such incredible mm-hmm. job uh, talking about uh, all the experience that you had with. Uh, Uh, Jobim and uh, CTI, all this was very enlightening to us. Uh, and also, I don't know if you have time, but we can play later on. Maybe the great version that Jobim did of Aquarela do Brasil is fantastic on the album. And if you want to play a, a short track that is great one that is from uh, also from the, the, the Adventurers, it's called God and Devil in the Land of the sun and features Joe Farrell on saxophone. Oh, and that's what I wanted to mention. Jobim loved jazz so much and he couldn't tell it in Brazil because, <laughs> you know, he was, uh, people always said that he was Americanized and all these, you know, incredible things that they, oh, they say about you know, him. You know, I just find out here, I got this uh, CD, I have a vinyl anyway of uh, The, the the album but uh stony flower they re-release a uh, digitally remastered on uh, cti but uh, it is uh, just released now 2018 by this uh, mm-hmm. company called bgo records i have no idea uh okay oh bgo is from england yeah they license a lot to many companies right. yeah, yeah but uh oh no they have brazil here yeah track number 13 i thought they they put it yeah. out but uh they have brazil yeah yeah brazil is uh well but, but you're being no talk uh. i was thinking about that because last night i was just uh uh i don't know if you know daniela thompson She wrote uh, a big article about uh, when Leopold Stakowski went to Brazil mm-hmm. in the 1940s with uh-huh. the, the big uh, transatlantic. The CBS had a yeah. studio inside. Yeah? They did an album, yeah. yeah. And they did this album. And then talking about uh, the first time uh, Walt Disney went to Brazil and, you know, find mm-hmm. out about the samba, Aquarela do Brazil, with, uh, and he put in mm-hmm. those... Uh, I think the Three Caballeros, one of those. Uh, and, uh, and then. Yeah, Aquarela do Brasil was introduced by Carmen Miranda is a, in a movie called Alô Amigos. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. But then he had the cartoon, the, I mean, the yeah. animated movie, you know, with uh-huh. the Three Caballeros. And then he put it Bahia also. Because. Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, John took, Coltrane recorded Bahia. <laughs> Yeah, that's another another interest uh, attraction. Joko Train uh, record by yeah, yeah. 
Well, yeah. anyway, man, uh, thank you for talking to us and take all your time. And, you know, went so fast. Oh. I'm setting up now a live show that's coming up uh, at uh, 3 p.m. But uh, I'm going to play the track uh, Brazil. And right after there, you give the intro. I'm going to play the Itamara Corax. Uh, Preciso. The one with Jobim. What's the title? Oh, é preciso dizer adeus. Yeah, uh, all that's left is to say goodbye. Yeah. All right, I would play this right after Brazil from Stony Flower. And once again, oh, I thank so you, much. man. I thank you very much, Arnaldo oh, de Solteiro. I have man. to thank you. It's an honor. It's a pleasure. You know, I have a, I have a ball also listening to your programs. Also, everywhere they song do Brazil. It's the best Brazilian. Probably the best radio show about Brazilian music, you know, in the world. It's congratulations, man. You have been doing this for decades, you know, and it's fantastic that you keep the same energy and the same feeling and the same rhythm, everything. And you are the you are the master chef, the, the top one. Thank you, man. And uh, the last time I talked to Salvador, he said, oh, the next time we go to Rio, we go to Arnaldo de Solteiro House. Perfect, perfect. I'll be there. You are welcome. All yeah. the best. Have a great week, man. Thank, thanks so much. Congratulations for everything and have a great show continuing. A great show today and Jobim deserves everything you are doing for him. Thanks so much.
Brasil brasileiro Meu mulato enzoneiro Vou cantar-te nos meus versos Antônio Carlos Jobim, Birthday Broadcast, WKCR-FM, WKCR 89.9 on your dial. Coming up is going to be a live show. Guilherme Monteiro on guitar, Mauro Refosco on percussion, and Sara Cabral on vocals. Preciso dizer adeus É melhor esquecer Sei que devo partir É preciso dizer Te 
beleza do amor que foi tão nossa e me deixa tão só. Eu não quero perder, não quero enganar, não devo trair. Para mim, meu amor, como um dia de Above will close for you and me, but there. 
with the moon, the stars above. And don't fight me. The fundamental loneliness goes whenever two can dream a dream together. Time was half past three. When your eyes met mine, it was eternity. Se seu olhar Quando encontro meu Fala de umas coisas Que eu nem posso acreditar Doce sonhar E pensar que você Gosta de mim
The girl from Ipanema goes a walking, and when she passes each one, she passes goes ah. When she walks, she's like a samba that swings so cool and sways so gentle that when she passes each one, she passes goes ah. Oh. But I watch her so sadly. How can I tell her I love her? Yes, 
I would give my heart gladly. But each But day when she walks day, to the sea, she walks, she looks straight ahead, not at me. Not at me. Tall and tan and young and lovely, the girl from Ipanema goes a walking. And when she passes, I smile, but she doesn't see. Doesn't smile. When she passes, I smile, but she doesn't see. Smile, she doesn't see. She doesn't see. Where is my path was washed away 
tie it flew Sudden bird flat the shot and winged the blue Sudden bird of the forest say to me The sun went down and twilight came And sudden night was back again The moon across the sky Grew dim and hid away And it was so cold when the star brought the day
Reels, 65 Trio, Dom Salvador, Sérgio Barroso, do Duca da Fonseca, Live, Carling Hall, The Last Track, Passarim, Antônio Carlos Jobim, Banda Nova, Millennium Collection, Nat King Cole, Gregory Porter, This is the Girl from Ipanema, Esse Seu Olhar, Diana Crow, Wave with Tony Bennett, Fotografia, Sarah Mackenzie, Brand New Album, é preciso dizer adeus. E Tamara Corax, The Last Set, 